Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. So, in other words, your efforts to your efforts to comply and to ask the you know the regulator for help can lead to um, unexpected uh, potential enforcement action. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slesher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and GRC Professional Online. And this afternoon, I have with me Andrew Ham, who's a senior lawyer at Lawyers on Demand Asia Pacific and a consultant at AML Experts. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Kwame. So um, today we're going to be talking about the compliance report. Um, you know, there was a lot leading up to it last year. You know, everybody trying to figure out what they need to do. Um, there was lots of conversations about how the report was different than it had been previously. And there were concerns about, you know, the, the information that Austrat would be collecting. Um, so obviously the report has been submitted at the end of March, um, hopefully, or some people are in trouble. Um, so I guess to, to really start is, you know, what was different about this year's compliance report? Thanks, Kwame. Well, I would say that really there's, I mean, there's a number of differences. Um, people have had um, quite a while now to absorb um, those those uh, differences, given that uh, Austrac released the draft report um, quite a while ago now, in um, last year. But um, essentially, whereas the, the uh, for the last 10 years or so, the report's been quite um, mechanical in its questions. They've, it, it's really been, you know, do you have a process for this and do you have a document for that? Um, um, often at quite a basic level, you know, do you have an AML program? Is it is it implemented, yes or no? Uh, the last year or so, I think, reflecting what should be the growing maturity of the regulated population, um, the questions have become a lot more... Um, if you like, um, about the experience of the relevant reporting entity and um, more insightful, sort of a second layer, if you like, of of sophistication um, about how they are delivering their program. Right, right. Um, And I guess, you know, leading into what I said a bit of in in the introduction, of course, there were concerns about, you know, the purpose of the new report. And I guess... One of the things, and I think you said this to me um, a little while ago, is that it might be an opportunity for them to benchmark. Do you think this is what this is? I certainly think that's part of part of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they are, uh, as we've seen, um, growing in, um, I suppose, what you might call um, sophistication um, over over time in their approach to their. Uh, regulatory enforcement activities. Um, they're also uh, doing a lot of other work to collect data in their, you know, their risk assessments uh, and so on. Um, you know, including you know various divisions of Austrac going out to interview um, reporting entities to um, to gather data for their risk assessments. So all of that feeds into their their benchmarking, and, and it, I think you'd be crazy to think that this wasn't wasn't part of that right. um, it's really also I think um, um, a uh, to some extent a um, a bit of uh, what you might call I suppose what you might call a um, an effort to not only benchmark the regulated population but also to 
to hold them to account to those answers. Right. Um, it's it's fairly it's fairly clear from the um, the recent litigation, both TabCorp and CBA, that um, the the answers that um, were provided in compliance reports were, in some sense, held against the relevant entity when um, other misconduct was subsequently um, raised. And so uh, part of the, you know, the regulatory enforcement response was to look at those um, reports and to then ask questions about um, why why they were completed in the way they were, which, with the benefit of hindsight, hindsight turned out to be untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, from an enforcement perspective, it's much easier to um, have a go at, at a, um, an entity for, um, say, misleading a regulator or failing to, um, you know, complete a report properly than it is perhaps to succeed in an action for the underlying um, offence or issue. Right, right. And yeah, and no, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, one of the things that we we've heard um, through the membership and also the AML Financial Crimes Congress, which is not too long ago, um, was that people said that the report itself they believed was relatively easy to fill out. Um, you know, the only thing they complained about were a few like I guess logistical challenges in terms of printing and being able to save drafts. But of course, as you said, you know, it's an opportunity for Austrac to sort of reverse engineer um, in case you know some of your answers don't match up with a particular. Um, incident that takes place. Um, how likely do you think that that might be the case for some of these organizations that they may have not have done, maybe they haven't filled it out correctly or they have made an assumption or maybe they haven't consulted with the whole organization properly? I must say that based on um, the the feedback that I've heard through the um, AML discussion group and elsewhere, uh, including my experience in uh, conducting independent reviews is that um, I think it's very likely um, a lot of, I mean, in some senses, re- um, responsible or reporting entities are damned either way. Yeah. If their program isn't up to scratch, they can either um, risk um, uh, being, um, you know, attracting the attention of Austrac for uh, basically confessing to having a less than perfect um, process or program in the report if they answer truthfully or they can give into the temptation to give the answer that they know they should give um, whether that's because they misunderstand the obligations or or they're just uh, you know completing the report as they think Austrac expects and hoping mm-hmm. um, in which case you know that can happen if if subsequent issues come to Austrac's attention um, and um, um, in which case, often, you know, Austrac, I believe, is is fairly quick to go back and look at, you know, the answers, as I say, that were given in previous reports and um, and then put two and two together and get five. Um, so, in other words, your efforts to your efforts to comply and to ask the you know the regulator for help can lead to um, unexpected uh, potential enforcement action. Right. So, so. Um, to answer your question, I think that the the um, the question about um, the difficulty of, of printing your report out in draft form and so on really adds to the problem because the the drafts the draft process and the ability to to 
um, save it and, and circulate it internally is really key as part of the governance process, in my view, to getting a, a good outcome and a, a properly um, compiled and consulted report. Um, the, the key is, I'd say, to have an audit trail behind your answers so that you can demonstrate why you answered what you did. Whereas, as I say, my what I hear around the the industry is that many um, reporting entities simply, you know, the AML Co gets in a room maybe with a couple of other key people and, you know, fills it out and just does what they reckon the answers are um, without any then necessarily any cover if those answers are ever queried. Right. So I think that I think that's the more 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 common response and. Um, potentially is laying time bombs for the future if um, those answers are ever um, called into question. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, further to that topic of time bombs, one another issue that was brought up, and I think one of the people who brought it up from ACAM's um, Ob Chapman, um, you know, they spoke about the, I guess, the approach of the questions. And I guess when you spoke about mechanical earlier, I, I thought about this. Um, and it's really, you know, the questions had a very yes-no approach. Um, there weren't really, from what I understand, much free text to sort of explain the answer that you have given. Um, are there any thoughts on this? Do you think there should have been more free text in the compliance report of this, for this year? Uh, I'd, I'd have to say yes. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll bet you money that, you know, the reason that, that isn't there is because if you give the opportunity for free text, then someone has to read it, which is a cost issue for Austrac. Yep. Um, but it's really not helping the the regulated population um, because it's leaving leaving it to the sort of maturity and proactiveness of the relevant compliance team to actually for it to actually occur to them that they should explain and perhaps um, you know protect themselves with you know if, if the answer is a you know yes but or is a, a partial yes or a partial no uh, rather than to have to give an answer that is really you know, to be forced down a path that, um, to give an answer that is uh, not necessarily wholly accurate. Um, so, yes, I would agree that the opportunity to clarify answers in a free text box would be uh, very beneficial. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I guess, and I guess coming down to the end of the podcast, you know, sort of looking at what we could expect probably from future annual compliance reports. Uh, do you do you think that the next annual compliance report is going to look like the one we saw this year? Do you think it's going to look a bit different, um, especially since we spoke about it to, you know, its possibility of it being used to, to benchmark and also to hold industry to account? Um, I think it's 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 possible. I think it's more than more than likely. Um, a lot of the you know it, it might depend on what the data that that uh, Austrac collects as a result of this uh, round of reporting looks like, um, and you know what questions that that leads to. Uh, you know, for example, questions about high risk customers. Um, if they have lots of people saying they have no high risk customers or they have you know all high risk customers, that might um, you know lead them to refine their questions, for example, um, which is a bit hard uh, to perhaps predict what you know what that um, what those data points might look like but I'd say the other thing is that you know Austrac is 
gathering more information all the time. It's got its quite a suite now of section uh, industry sector uh, risk reports, and it's also, of course, got the compliance assessment observations that it issued in 2017, and no mm. doubt um, its its um, its observations of of weak spots in compliance programs, you know, from its own compliance visits is evolving all the time as well. So I would um, hazard a guess that those sorts of, that sort of experience is what is going to drive the shape of future compliance reports. Um, I'd also say that, you know, the, the evolution we're seeing now is something that was really flagged from the beginning when when um, AML first came in. I clearly remember um, people from Austrac saying that, you know, they, they expected the report to evolve as the uh, regime matured from, you know, fairly fundamental um, basic questions about, you know, have you got this process uh, through to the more sophisticated questions we're seeing now. Right. Um, and, you know, speaking of those questions, I mean, and I guess we did say this is going to be high level, but, you know, we could probably touch on a few sort of nitty gritty bits. Were there any particular questions in that report did you think that members should have paid extra attention to? Um, I, I would say that uh, the answer is yes, and uh, particularly where there's some um, technical um, content, there's a number of them that, that if you don't understand what you're reading, um, then there is a real uh, risk, I think, of, as I say, laying, laying a time bomb for yourself. Right. Um, you know, examples might be, uh, you know, have you undertaken an independent review? And again, in my experience, um, what constitutes independent is not always well understood. And so if you, for example, nominate a, um, a firm that, that might have, for example, reviewed and amended your program um, and you continue to to um, you, know, you name the same firm as having done both, uh, then that is an instant red flag to uh, Austrac that they're not independent. And if those same, if, if Austrac asks that same question for a number of years and you keep giving the same answer, again, that's um, a real um, that's going to raise a red flag. So you know this has a, a a temporal element as well. You know across years, um, as well as what what you say at a particular point in time. Um, I think you know there are, there are other questions in here where um, you know your answers could potentially betray a, a less than full understanding of some of the um, um, some of the regulatory obligations. You know, did your you know did your staff report unusually or potential um, suspicious activity? Um, if the answer is no, well, you know that suggests that something ain't working. Um, you know how many customers are of your of your customers are high risk above, you know, and they're looking for a number. So if that looks like being you know close to one hundred percent or close to zero, then again, you know you're laying um, you're storing up problems for yourself. Right, and we're down to the the final question. Um, you know, obviously we don't know what. Um, next year's report is going to look like, what kinds of questions they're going to ask, if they're going to be all yes, no, are they going to be some free text to allow some explanation? But do you have any advice for GRC professionals, um, you know, when it comes time to fill out that report again? 
yes, I would say that the, the best advice is to give yourself time. Uh, we know now what the, you know, that the reporting deadline is the end of March. Um, the, the questions will be made available well in advance. So I think the key thing is to um, give yourself enough time to follow a, a fairly robust process, no matter, you know, particularly if you're a large organisation, but even if you're not, um, to make sure that, that you collect good data, either formally or informally, um, throughout your organisation and have the uh, documentation to back it up um, before you actually put pen to paper. And um, secondly, to beware of time bombs, to make sure you understand the questions and the um, regulatory requirements behind them um, and don't wind up um, accidentally snookering yourself. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. That's a pleasure, Kwame. Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute and the original music was written by Rob Neary. Thank you.